in all the practice that we've been doing these last couple of days, sitting, walking, work meditations, mindful transitions, regardless of how well we think we've been doing, how well we think we've been paying attention and being present, or how sleepy and restless and, uh, and uh, lazy and uh, all the different things I've heard today. <laughs> um, regardless of that, we've all been developing stability, developing confidence, and developing well-being. Every time we come back, you know, every time we come back to the present, we're developing those qualities. And those are the qualities that as we continue to develop them, that create this very rich field where insight can arise, where there's a room to really see, where, where the mind is quiet enough to be able to see the impermanence of life in a very deep way, to be able to see the dukkha, the suffering, the unsatisfactoriness of these transient things that come and go, and then make it really, really clear that there's nothing to hold on to. And um, it gives us the confidence to be able to uh, meet the unknown uh, that as we have insights into not-self, you know, a self, uh, an experience of, of ourselves without any points of reference. And so developing these qualities uh, gives us the strengths we need for those insights to arise. Um, so Gil yesterday spoke about stability, and so I'm going to focus today on confidence. There's a um, Pali word um, that I really, I, I love this word, sada. And it, I, I like the way the literal translation, it, it means, uh, uh, it's translated into being uh, confidence, faith, trust. But I like the idea of um, the literal, which is to place our heart upon, to really place our heart upon our experience. What does that mean? To really be here with all our heart, heartfelt, a heartfelt willingness to be in our lives. Sylvia Burstein describes it as uh, trusting your own deepest experience and knowing that there's something in us that we can trust and develop and that this just continues to grow as we keep practicing. The more we trust, the more that grows. So, um, in the dictionary, (laughs) or somewhere on the internet, self-confidence is defined as the belief of our ability to bring about a successful outcome when faced with a challenge. The tricky part is, what's a successful outcome? So, um, and this is something that we can easily get caught in. Um, we get trapped by having our confidence be dependent on how 
well we think we're doing. And so if we've, you know, had a sitting where the mind's really stable and you go, oh yeah, I'm doing really great, so we're really confident. And then immediately after the sitting is, uh, you know, completely sinking mind, sleepiness followed by restlessness by sleepiness and uh, nodding over and, and you, know, so, you know, then the confidence goes down, you know, it's, it's uh, so confidence depending on outcome, what does that mean? The outcome is that we keep showing up. The ability to show up is what we're doing. We're not accomplishing staying awake, we're not accomplishing um, being any particular way, but we're accomplishing showing up. And, uh, and that's what we develop confidence in. That's really easy to, to really get caught by this, this piece. Some of us are really hard on ourselves with our judgments and our harshness and, and our internal voices. What this practice teaches us is how to meet or struggle with confidence, to meet any insecurities we have with confidence. So sometimes we think of that as the opposite, but but. Um, you know, the word that I like to, you know, that confidence exemplifies is the word yes. Yes, I can be with this. I can be with this too. And when we do that, when we are willing to meet anything that shows up, something in us really deeply, deeply relaxes because we don't have to be defending ourselves against uh, the things we don't want to happen. And... um, Lao Tse, uh, Lao Tzu, um, a Chinese philosopher, uh, he said, I really like this, is, is uh, kindness in words creates confidence. And I take that to mean it's the kindness in the words we speak to ourselves, or inner dialogue. So what is that inner dialogue in us? It's not being perfect in this practice that gives us confidence, but it's being willing to meet our imperfections with as much equanimity and openness as we can. I spent um, a lot of time in my practice, um, my early practice, trying to do my practice right. And I don't know how many of you have had that, that little bit of getting caught in that. And, um, you know, I'd go to one teacher and they'd tell me one thing, another teacher would kind of say something a little different. And, and um, you know, and I just kept trying to get it right. And there was like this kind of tension in me. Um, you know, it took me a long time to really begin to understand that this practice uh, we know what's right from the inside. It's our own experience. That's what the Buddha taught. The Buddha didn't say, do everything the way your teacher tells you, and then you'll be enlightened. You know, he said, uh, you know, take a look inside yourself. Try this and see if, you, if you're less greedy, less, um, uh, less hateful. Uh, see if those things happen for you. Then if they do, then you're doing the right thing. So we're, 
looking at our own deepest experience, our own felt sense of rightness. So I want to touch a little bit on, um, you know, Gil has talked about it also, is posture, you know, and uh, one of the things that, that really can support our practice is the quality of our posture, not so much how straight we sit, but how we hold ourselves. Um, you know, if, you, if, you were to, if I asked you to draw, how, do you, how would you draw a confident person? Would you draw a couch potato? Or um, would you draw, uh, you know, uh, Wonder Woman posture? <laughs> um, so those things really affect us. Um, um, Amy Cuddy, uh, I don't know if, how many of you have heard of her. She had some TED Talks, a little controversial. But, but basically what they found is that uh, by people doing a power posture, where your body is in, in, a, in a posture that looks very confident, in private. But then if people looked at you, people would think that you were more confident than, than uh, if you hadn't done it. Uh, that you were more, um, you know, a, a better job prospect. Um, so uh, just your own posture affects how you come forth, how you are seen in the world. But it, it primarily affects how you feel about yourself, and that's what you project. So even if um, your posture due to, you know, pain or or tiredness, you know, is a posture that, that might not look so pretty. You know, I've, I've been in pr- plenty uh, postures that don't look so good from the outside. Um, but if my attitude is of holding my body with dignity, however it is right now, uh, this attitude of really feeling in my body, this, this is a, uh, a dignified place. This is an amazing body we have, uh, regardless of limitations, you know. And, and that quality affects the quality of the mind. Just like the quality of the mind, uh, you, I think you've all experienced at some point, you know, the mind relaxes, uh, the tension, the shoulders relaxes. So it, it works both ways. It's, it's a feedback loop. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, I talked a little bit about it before, about the, the quality or posture or attitude in meditation. You know, one of the, the things I've done throughout my practice uh, at different times is I've imagined that uh, my mind is like a home and the Dalai Lama's coming over. And how am I going to be, you know? I, you know, I'm going to kind of clean up a little bit, right? Um, you know, but, but when the Dalai Lama shows up, I'm going to give him my full attention. I'm not going to space out in dreamland. I'm, I'm going to really pay attention. You know, he's my honored guest. And, um, and so I like to think of it that way, like I'm treating myself like an honored guest. And... Um, so, you know, I recommend that you really, uh, you know, when you sit, really notice how you're holding yourself and your body and your mind.
one of the qualities that um, that most of us have to some degree um, that sabotage or confidence is the quality of conceit. And um, in Buddhist teachings, we talk about conceit a little bit differently sometimes than than um, than the standard way we're used to hearing it. Uh, but it refers to the comparing mind, uh, either comparing ourselves as being better than someone, but also comparing ourselves and being lesser than someone, or even the fact that you're comparing yourself and saying, oh, they're 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 just as, they're the same. Okay, good. You know, it's that quality of heart that that um, that uh, that's any direction you you go with conceit. It's a quality of heart that constricts us, that keeps us away from an intimacy with ourselves and with others. Um, <clears throat> you know, real confidence and say, "See me, aren't I great?" You know, it's not trying to get attention. It's not trying to. Um, but it also, um, it's not false humility either. It's not, you know, kind of hiding out and, you know, and, uh, uh, and saying, oh no, I'm not good at anything, you know, and, um, yeah, so, so, um, uh, comparing mind, um, you know, when I, uh, comparing mind is a lot of what, what fuels judgment. And, um, you know, one of the habits of mind um, that many of us have is, is, you know, looking at others and always uh, looking for what's wrong with them, you know, or, or what's better, what's, what's good with them, but not in a, not in an appreciative way in particular. And, um, and judgment is what, uh, is, is a mix of this. And, um, and what's really important with conceit is to kind of see it. And if it's there, you know, whether it's better than or lesser than, uh, to hold it lightly. And um, so for me, you know, um, you know, what I try to do with, with uh, conceit is when it shows up, you know, and I notice it, you know, I try to uh, treat it like an itch, you know, an itch that comes and goes right? Oh, there I go again, you know, um, comparing myself, you know, so, you know, and it's just an itch that comes and goes. And um, I try to scratch that itch with humor. Um, because I, you know, the scenario that I could get too serious about. And so, um, you know, especially the part that says, you know, hey, everybody, aren't I great? You know, you know it's kind of embarrassing, right, to say that, that that's, that's a motivating factor, you know, to, to get seen, to get... Uh, uh, subtle ways that we want to get credit and, and um, all the contortions the personality goes through to try to meet those, uh, what feels like needs. And um, so one of my favorite stories from, um, that comes from Joseph Goldstein um, that, that I've brought up in meditation whenever I've gotten stuck in this, you know, um, and he was uh, just starting to meditate, you know, in Asia. I think he was in the Peace Corps. And he, you know, kind of created for himself kind of a really a tall altar where he could sit and meditate. And then he invited all his friends to come over and watch him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love that. <laughs>
Um, so, um, You know, um, one of the things we sometimes do is we uh, latch on to um, try to cre- have confidence in our identity. You know, and I'm this kind of person. Uh, this is what I do. This is how I am. And you know, many uh, many years ago, um, I was a chiropractor, and you know that was my career. I was very invested in this in in my identity as a chiropractor. You know, and and um, you know, if I'd go, I'd go places. People say, "What do you do?" You know, it's like, you know, oh, good. This is who I am. You know, and um, and I, you know, at one point, I decided to stop working for a while, and I took some years off where I, I wasn't doing anything that I could put my, you know, hang my hat on, um, and um, I wasn't doing any projects. I wasn't doing. Uh, anything that that had any any socially redeeming quality, <laughs> and um, and then, and then I started getting into the practice, you know. And I still remember my um, very first, you know, one of my early retreats. You know, I was standing in line, you know, Spirit Rock retreat, and and you know the check-in line, you know, and and the person next to me starts a conversation and says, "Well, what do you do?" You know, and I looked at them, and I, you know, feeling really uncomfortable. You know, and I said, "Oh, I'm living a contemplative life," (laughs) 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 and you know, that was impressive enough, right? but you know we make you know we we um we use the, these things these props in our life to rely on and and all the props that we can use for confidence are just props um and the practice teaches teaches us to be naked without our props to really just be here with the moment without supporting ourselves with ideas and uh and identity. Um, so it takes a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage to be naked in there. And so that's how we develop these qualities. They gradually come. And so we, we stretch ourselves a little bit, and then we develop a little more. We stretch ourselves a little more. Um, you know, in terms of identity, you know, one of the um, uh, uh, book that I had read, Dharma book, was Ayakema's, you know, Being Nobody, Going Nowhere, and which I love, the, the title alone I love, you know. And, and to me it's like the practice is that there's absolutely no difference between, uh, you know, f- f- as we develop the practice, either feeling like we're nobody going nowhere or winning a Nobel Peace Prize. It's, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. Um, we meet whatever shows up.
Um, You know, in this practice, you know, we talk about the hindrances that show up in practice, the things that uh, veil us from reality, from uh, from what what is. And um, one of the hindrances that directly affects our confidence is doubt. And um, we can have doubt in our in the practice, um, especially if we've been sitting all day and and followed one breath, um, one breath in a row. Uh, we can have doubt in in the path. We can have doubt in ourselves. And um, and so learning how how to recognize that when it shows up, and not buy into it, to really recognize, oh, this is a hindrance. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of wisdom to doubt, to certain types of doubt. You know, the, the Buddha recommended doubt, you know, wise doubt. You know, said, don't believe everything, you know, don't believe what I tell you. Don't believe what other people say. Don't believe tradition. But, um, uh, you know, see for yourself. So that's very wise doubt. So to really recognize the difference in our minds when doubt is wise, and when it's not wise, when it's it's uh, just prevents us from being uh, from seeing clearly. For instance, you might have doubt about your posture. You know, I've, my sciatica is killing me. Should I stay here? Um, you know, that might you know wise doubt might say maybe I should actually move. You know, maybe this is not a good posture for me right now. Maybe it's not a good thing to do. So what you know, doubt can be very wise. But to really recognize the difference between why a doubt that's, um, you know, speculation, that's just think, thinking that's not useful. And we can do a lot of this thinking that's not useful, and it just gets in the way from placing our hearts in the moment. <clears throat> when... Um, when I first start, uh, started in Buddhist practice, um, I started with a Zen teacher who I, who I really, really liked her a lot. Um, but I was ha- but for certain reasons, I was drawn to uh, at different teachings. And so I, start, I kept practicing, and I, and I kept being split between, should I practice this way or this way? And just spent endless time in my meditation Going well, I'll do this for. Uh, I'll do that. I'll do, I'll do this, <laughs> and uh, it caused such a, um, you know, it, it almost killed all my enthusiasm <laughs> for the practice at the time. Um, but I was fortunate to hear a teaching from. Um, I still remember from Jack Cornfield. You know, he said, "Do a practice for at least two years, you know, before you tr- do something else. You know, so you at least can really put your heart into into it." Um, and really see for yourself, you know, really give yourself the time. And um, so doubt, you know, doubt can, is, is the stuff that's not useful in there. Um, You know, uh, when I look inside myself, you know, what what's for me? What is it that I 
uh, that's important for me to have confidence in? You know, what within me um, do, I, do I want confidence in, you know? And, and when I've asked myself that question, um, what comes up for me is actually the confidence not to cling. And, um, and it's, it's uh, you know, when I'm wanting something, you know, having the confidence that I'll be okay if I let go, if I let go. When I'm pushing against something that I'm really okay if I let go. It's that confidence not to cling, to, to let go of clinging. Um, that's really which is the heart of the practice, to let go of clinging, of holding on, of grasping, of that en- endless defending, defending ourselves from life or trying to get more of it, or that confidence not to grab on, to let it go. I like um, one of the reasons, you know, I, I love having the image of, of the Buddha here, you know, is that, um, you know, this image exemplifies the quality of confidence in my mind. Uh, you know, when you think, read about the Buddha's life, uh, he was someone who had a lot of confidence. You know, he, he didn't have false humility. He was okay, you know, giving his opinion. He was okay going against the stream and saying, uh, no, our monks are not going to follow the caste system. You know, um, uh, you know, he didn't honor the traditions of his culture, you know, the very deep traditions of his culture, because he saw differently. Uh, that took a lot of courage. Um, yeah, so the, the Buddha, uh, you know, for me, is just such a beautiful uh, uh, symbol of the quality um, of confidence uh, and presence, you know, that, that inspires me. Real confidence, there's no contraction of the heart. Yeah. Confidence is yes. And to me, it's one of the most valuable things in practice to keep saying yes. So um, we cultivate confidence by doing things, right? You know, you want to learn how to uh, build a house. You, do, you don't just read a book, but you actually start building the house. You learn how to hammer. Uh, so that's how we develop confidence. And um, we all have the experience of, co- of lots of confidence. You know, no matter, um, all of you learn to walk, right? I mean, how many times do we fall on our bums before we actually stood up and, and were able to walk? And we're all confident. Most, most of us are confident with walking, right? And some of us, as we get older, uh, we can't walk, may not be able to walk so well. 
You know, maybe we need a cane, maybe we need uh, a walker, but we can have confidence in in what we're doing and showing up for that in the same way. It's what we do. So now we're walking with a cane and we're doing this with confidence. So it's, um, we are confident by the things we can do. Um, when I was um, much younger, <laughs> um, I was... Uh, very, very deep, deeply into yoga, and into very physical yoga, and uh, you know I was really strong and flexible, and and could do all these you know all these great things in yoga, and then I had a really bad injury, and um, and you know I didn't realize how much of my identity had been tied up in it. But also, I was really attached to that feeling of strength of my body feeling feeling really good, and um, and uh, I got really discouraged. You know, I was very, I was you know kind of depressed, and and I couldn't do things. And a friend of mine who's a yoga teacher, um, she said to me, um, you know, focus on what you can do, not on what you can't do, and. Um, and so that was like uh, really helpful. I couldn't do a lot, but I could do enough to really be present in my body, uh, to move my body, and to work with the process. And and um, it was a really really valuable for me to uh, really start uh, not resisting my condition, but uh, but you know seeing okay, this is what I've got. You know, what can I do from here? Um, um, and and you'll have to forgive me. Uh, I haven't seen my husband for a few days, so I'll I'll share one of his puns. Um, <laughs> I told him what I was giving giving this talk on, and and um, of course this is what he came up with. He said, um, "We can nurture confidence instead of confidence." But um, so as we as we continue to do this practice, you know the thing to uh, you know we, we we it's obvious to us that we can't climb Mount Whitney if um, you know we have to puff um, you know to the corner, you know we have to we we build slowly gradually, and uh, so it's really helpful to have it can be very helpful to have little small goals. As we as we practice, like, and that can give us a sense of confidence because you, uh, oh yeah, I can do that. I can watch three breaths. Can I watch three breaths without spacing out? You know, and so we work on that, and and that kind of gives us this really nice feedback of of yeah, okay, I can do three breaths, and you know maybe do that all day long. You know, three breaths, three breaths. You know, that's and maybe the next day you can do four. Um, or, you know, maybe sitting for 30 minutes without moving. So we can gain confidence in, in our ability to do this just in a very, uh, very simple, very simple way. Can I go um, uh, 30 minutes without putting down on myself? <laughs> or if I put down on myself, of being kind immediately after? You know, there's different ways of... of, um, of uh, of action this way, of, of developing this. 
can we be present for a really difficult emotion? Um, you know, strong emotional storm without getting lost in it. Can we be with our experience without trying not to fix anything? That for me has always been one of the challenging things. I'm a fixer, you know, I want to, um, I like problems and I like to fix them, you know, and, and so it's really hard not to keep trying to fix myself. <laughs> Uh, so can I just let it come and let it go? Can we meet boredom with confidence? Think about it for a moment. How do you meet boredom with confidence? You have to meet it. You have to meet it. You have to meet it, not shrink away from it, not try to get rid of it, not try to hide it, not try to change it, just meeting it with confidence. We meet restlessness with confidence. Can we place our heart into this meeting? Here we are, this is what's here. Can we allow whatever's happening to move through us So I'm going to um, end with a uh, quote from Ajahn Chah. So um, maybe close your eyes if you haven't, you know. And then we'll sit for a minute after that. Peace is to be found within oneself in the same place as agitation and suffering. It's not found in a forest or on a hilltop, nor is it given by a teacher. Where you experience suffering, you can also find freedom from suffering. Trying to run away from suffering is actually to run towards it. That's it.